We have a very special guest here uh, tonight who I always tend to ask him at the last minute. I had lunch with him today, and I said, uh, would you come tonight and bring the word of the Lord? It's been just too long since you've been to Living Hope, and it really has been too long since we've had him here at, at Living Hope Christian Center. How many have never heard Pastor Daniel speak before? Lift your hands. Lift your hands high. Wow. All right. All right. So we definitely needed to do this tonight. I saw some excitement on Facebook as we announced it. Some people said, well, praise the Lord. I haven't heard him yet. So I'm just so thankful tonight that my spiritual father, Pastor Robert Daniels, took the time to come and to minister to us and to bring us the word of the Lord. Uh, Whatever the Lord gives him, it's always incredibly powerful. And it's going to set us free, and it's going to lift us to a higher place in him. So without further ado, Bishop Robert Daniels. Praise the Lord. You know, it's, it's always an honor to be here in this house. This is a powerful house. You, you know it already. And when I come, I always ask the Lord, to uh, give me something that's going to not do any damage, at least, but it's going to be. And I believe that um, I have a, a word from the Lord for you tonight, and um, I want you to pray with me because it's a stretching word. Yeah. It's, um, it's a word that's going to cause you to... Um, well, let me ask you this. Do you want more of the Lord? Yes. Well, it's going to be require more of you. Amen. And sometimes it's, it's easier to continue to cry out for more. And you want God's best, but yeah. you're holding back something yeah. of your best. Yeah. And uh, the Lord in this season is really asking for all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't keep anything back. And so as I get ready to bring this word, I want to ask the Lord to open our ears and open our heart. Father, we're just so grateful to be here in this house. And I'm asking you, Lord, to open the ears as we begin to be stretched, as we, you are desiring to, to receive all, that we would keep nothing for ourselves that we will let it all go as an offering. And that, Father, you will be pleased. I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus that you will begin to prepare this house, Lord, for what it's going to cost in this next season. And I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. About two weeks ago, I was about 3 o'clock in the morning, I was getting ready to go and minister at, at a, another son's church, and I had the word of the Lord all prepared. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, the Lord whispered in my ear, and he whispered these words, In the mountain of the Lord it shall be provided. And immediately I'm thinking, Oh, wow, this is a good word. Because when we hear that, we start to think about the things that we need materially. And we always, we always are right there at that place where we need something that the Lord will do that will, will, uh, will take care of a material or physical need. But I heard the Holy Spirit say, no, not that. 
We're not going there. He told me that what is provided is what is required of you. Because when Abraham went to that place, everything that he loved was required. And so the Spirit of the Lord said, whatever is required to obey God and to worship him, it will be provided. He said, in the mountain of the Lord, when you go to the mountain of the Lord, it wasn't any casual place for the flesh. Abraham was required to give everything that he loved. And I want to tell you right now, if you haven't come come to that place, you will. Because God is going to ask for the thing that you love, the thing that you don't really want to give up. And he's going to come after that thing because it's the thing that will prove that you really, really fear him and you will obey him. And so we're coming to a place where there's a shift, where God is beginning to come into your life, and you didn't know that you were a burnt offering. You didn't know that you were a living sacrifice. But God's going to cause you to know that, that he's coming for everything. And so tonight I want to talk to you about a burnt offering, a living sacrifice. And I want to just prepare you because God is wanting us to know that it is going to cost us everything. We can't withhold anything from him. And when he asks for things, you've got to be prepared to understand that it has to be in the context of worship. And I'm not just talking about singing. You know, it's wonderful that we have the opportunity to sing unto the Lord. But when Abraham was talking about worship, it was going to cost him something. He had to go and prepare an altar, and he had to lift up a burnt offering. When, he, when they spoke of offering, they were talking about burnt offerings and things of that nature. And so when God asked Abraham in Genesis 22, verse 1, it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. And said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering. Now, how many of you would like to hear God ask you for your son and tell you that he's for a burnt offering? And, and maybe you don't know what a burnt offering is. But Abraham and Isaac knew what a burnt offering was. And maybe you would hesitate in giving your son as a burnt offering. But the Bible said Abraham got up early. And he saddled his donkey. The reason why Abraham was able to do that is because he never held anything back from God. And when he's known as a father of faith, and you've got to understand, if you're going to walk in faith, you need to know that you need to lay everything down before you take a step. Yeah. It's going to cost you everything to follow this God. Now, what I'm concerned about is that most of us are beginning to think that God paid it all. And that everything is free. But when we start to think about free stuff, 
it loses some of its value. And so when we start to think about how free things are, we begin to think that, that maybe my salvation don't mean much. And we constantly are singing about what Jesus paid the price and he paid his all. But we don't think it's going to cost us anything. But if God has provided for your worship and he's requiring all, you need to know he's provided all. And you need to know immediately that he's not going to ask you anything, both the Father and the Son, that he hasn't done himself. He did not ask Abraham anything that he wasn't willing to do himself. When he asked for Abraham's only son that he loved, it's because he had given his only son. And when Isaac had to understand that, 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 and let me just pause here. I said that many of us are going to be like Abraham. We're going to have to give the thing that we love. And at some time, we're going to be like Isaac, the offering, the burnt offering. And we've got to learn that, that we can't hold back anything. And we've got to learn how to give it and not be moping around saying, Oh, I don't know why God's asking for my son. You got to get up early. But the reason why Abraham is able to get up early and do this is because this is not the first time God has asked him to do something and give up something he loved. He had asked previously in Genesis 21 for Abraham to send away his son, the one that he loved, Ishmael. And, and, and when, when Sarah asked him to do that, the Bible said it displeased Abraham. Yeah. And it wasn't until God said the thing that she said is right yeah. that the Bible said in that time, in that season, that Abraham got up early. Yeah. And it became a pattern of Abraham that he didn't wait to obey. He didn't wait and try to talk himself out of it. He got up early. Because God is requiring this. He's pushing us forward. And he's telling us beforehand that it's going to cost you everything. And so it says in verse 2, he said, Take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering to the mountain which I shall tell you. And so Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son, and he split the wood for the burnt offering, and rose and went to the place of which God had told him. I want to pause for just a moment and just tell you that your worship has to cost you something. You see, we made it so easy. But if you notice there that Abraham himself, the father of faith, the one that had servants. He had two of them with him. He had to split the wood with his own hands. He couldn't hire anyone to do that for him. And so many of us, we are willing to hire someone else to worship for us. We're willing to, to let, I mean, we come in and, and we haven't prepared at all. And we come in and we say, the worship team has prepared. 
And I'm just going to piggyback off of their anointing. My hands haven't done anything. I haven't prepared an altar. I haven't done anything. I'm just going to hire a worship team and let them prepare. And then I'm going to come in, and I haven't done anything. I haven't chopped any wood. I haven't built an altar at all, but I come in, and I'm dancing. (laughs) Offer somebody else's anointing. Someone that has prepared for that and prepared and spent some time early in the morning doing some work before the Lord. We have to learn that it's not free. Whatever God has done, he's requiring it of you, but he's also provided. The lamb he provided was for worship. You cannot miss that. It is not material things. It is not that. And we need to move away from that. And because we have been so disobedient, we're always praying and we're always ministering to to God concerning things that he tells us not to even give any thought about. We spend more time praying about the things that he said, give no thought of what you eat or drink or where or where you live. But we spend a lot of time. Matter of fact, if I take that away from you, you wouldn't have anything to say in the presence of God. You would just come in and you couldn't say anything. Because that's all you know. You're a bunch of disobedient people. You're praying about something that God has told you not to pray about. And you come into the mountain of the Lord not realizing that in the mountain of the Lord is the place of your highest worship. And your highest worship is obedience. And so we come in doing exactly what God has told us not to do. And God is wanting us to come into this place, come into the mountain of the Lord. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself to be an offering. Have you ever read that if you come after him, you better deny yourself? If you, have you ever read where it says, unless you lose your life, you will never gain your life? And the only way we can do that is we got to become an offering a burnt offering. We, had to, we, we must become that offering, that sweet-smelling aroma that's sweet to the nostrils of God. He is calling us to the mountain of the Lord. He is calling us to the place of our highest worship. And he's also calling us to the place of our highest praise. Do you know the highest praise is the sacrifice of praise? The highest praise is the fruit of your lips giving thanks. And we have forgotten how to give thanks to the Lord. Again, we are always asking him to do what he's already done. And we are constantly in his face asking him and never, ever giving him thanks. 
And so God is moving us into a place where we're going to find our highest worship. We're going to find our highest praise. And we're going to begin to move in that place. Because God is requiring that, that we come to him. And the only way you can really come into a real thankful heart is that you've got to learn how to give God what he's taken away from you. Most of us, we know that he's taken away our sin. And we hold on to all kinds of things. We haven't learned how to worship him. We haven't learned how to give it to him. God is calling us. He's saying that I've taken away your sickness. And how many of you will give it to him in your worship, in your Secret place where you give to God what he's taken away. Many of us, we hold on to all kinds of things. We don't know how to bring our all to God. We know how to, we, we know how to bring what we think is our best, but we don't know how to bring all. There's a lot of things that you, are, you don't like about yourself that God has taken away, but you haven't given it to him. And he is just waiting on you to give him what he's taken. He bore your sickness in his body on a tree. He took away your sins. He is the lamb that took away your sins, and he bore the punishment, and you're still holding on to everything. And you won't give it to him. See, these are the things that God is wanting to deal with as he begins to stretch you. He wants you to come in and bring everything that you, you have, all of you. A burnt offering is your entire body being offered up to God. And when you do that, you see that that's pleasing to him. He is wanting you to become that. He is wanting you not to worship but to become worshiped. He's wanting you not to praise, but become praise. And so when we become these things, that's when we please God. You see, he's wanting us to come into this place where we will walk in the footsteps of Abraham, realizing that when, how many of you, when God asks you to do something, you know you're going to obey him? Abraham knew he was going to obey God. Even when he asked for his son, he knew he was going to obey God. And so for three days, Isaac was a living sacrifice. He was dead, but he was alive. And you know, you can't do that on your own. It takes the mercies of God for you to offer up yourself and to offer up anything that God is requiring of you. He's wanting us to begin to walk in the footsteps. And so as I, I, the word of the Lord came to me first. And when I got that word, I knew that it was going to cost me something. And I knew I must have been holding back something from the Lord. And what I found out that I was holding back is the things that I'm, I'm ashamed of. And that's when he, he told me that you got to learn how to give to me your discouragement and your disappointment. But you cannot give anything to God if you don't know how to worship. You've got to allow 
these things to, to rise up to God, and you can't keep anything from him. So many of you are ashamed. You don't know how to give to God, and you don't know how to receive the things that he has purchased for you. You think you're not worthy to receive these things, but you've got to learn how to worship with him. You've got to learn how to come into these secret places with him. You've got to come in and understand that, that nothing you own can go into the place with you. That's why it, it, it doesn't matter if you have a big house or a big car. Those things have no meaning in the place of worship. When you offer yourself, God is not looking for what you have. He's looking for you, and he wants all of you. And you need to know that before you start walking this faith, you need to give God everything. Don't hold back anything because if you hold back something, it's going to be as if when he asks for it, you're going to feel like he's taking something from you. I have been in ministry 20 years. And I've had apostles, powerful men and women of God come. Do signs and wonders and miracles. And they find themselves without a job. And they're walking this walk of faith. And you get excited when God calls you out to walk with him. But you better count the cost when you start walking with God. Because I've seen men break down and start to cry when they look into their wives' eyes and they can't get their hair done. And they can't do the things that, 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 that they thought. I've, I've seen them begin to weep when, when it looks like they're going to be cast out of their homes. And what I learned, that, that you got to give everything up when you, before you take the first step. If you are still holding on something that you can lose when you're out there, when you're left, when you're outside the gate, as it says in Hebrews 13, and you're bearing the reproach and you're going out to him. I tell you, you feel the reproach when you're walking by faith and you begin to feel the reproach. You begin to understand the cost of walking with him. You got to trust. You got to be able to see what, what people can't see. You cannot go back into the flesh and start seeing like a normal man when you're walking by faith. And so God is calling us out. And he's calling us to a higher place of worship. And your life means so much more than you think it is. When it rises up to God, when you become a burnt offering, when you become a living sacrifice, when you offer yourself, you know, a lot of us want a lot of wiggle room when we get into that place where God is requiring something. But like Abraham had to bind Isaac to the altar. Some of you need to bind yourself. You don't understand when worship, when, when the fire is coming. I, I know, oh, I'm in the fire, brother. Oh, God. I'm in the fire. God is it's, it's burning. It's hot. I'm going through the fire. You don't know that's the time when God is finding you pleasing to him. The fire does not come. The fire does not come unless he's pleased with you. And when the fire comes into your life, I don't care what it is that you're going through and you think it's lost or you think it's trials and fiery trials. It's because you haven't learned how to worship. When fire comes into your life, you need to come to God and say, I'm giving you my 
highest praise. The fruit of my lips is thankful that you have found me worthy and pleasing, that your fire is in my life. That I'm a burnt offering, I'm a living sacrifice, I'm, I'm offering myself wholly unto you. I'm not holding back anything. God, I've already gave you everything. Some of you are holding on to your children and and you're worried about them and you think that they're not going to make it. But I tell you, if you learn how to worship, Abraham was teaching Isaac how to worship when he laid him on the altar. There has to be a legacy of, of worship like that where it costs you something, where you're willing to pay whatever it costs. And it'll go down into your generations. And your sons are far off like Abraham. Do you know in First Chronicles 21, when David had messed up real bad, he had, he had counted his, his, his nation. He counted the nation. And God got angry at him. And you know what? He didn't even know God was angry. He didn't even know he had done anything bad or wrong. And a lot of you in here, you don't know you've done anything wrong. But when the prophet came to him, God sent the prophet and say, you have angered God by numbering the people. And sometimes we look at that and say, that, that's harmless. But what we found out is that he had, that Joab came back and told him how many fighting men, men that bore the sword. And you see, it made God mad because it wasn't the number of men that gave David all the victories. It had nothing to do with the number of men, and he's counting the number of men. And some of you, when you are called to do something, you go and see what you have in the bank. And you start counting up your, your, the money that you have. And you know what? That makes God mad. Because it is not how much. I'm telling you. Before you go on mission trips, I know. You're trying to raise money. And yet when God sends you out, he said, don't take no money with you. Not even to change your clothes. Don't take nothing with you. Because there's a time when you have to learn how to trust God. When we learn how to worship, God is pulling some things out of you, but you don't want to give it up. You want to keep and you want to go on, you want to continue to ride off of someone else. But when David had messed up, he knew what he had to do. And when God told him, he said, it's going to cost you. And you choose He said, three months of your enemy running over you, overtaking you, are three days of the sword of the Lord. And David chose three days of the sword of the Lord. And he was told that he had to build an altar, erect an altar. And what I want to tell you is that David was king of Israel, the most powerful man in Israel. And when God called him to worship, he had to build his own altar. He had to chop his own wood. 
it had to cost him something because when it came to, to the, the gentleman that owned the land, Ornan, on the threshing floor where God had asked him to build the altar, the man said, I will give it to you, David, everything you need. And you know what David said? I will not offer to God what is yours. And I will not offer a burnt offering that does not cost me anything. If you were offered that, you would think God had blessed you. You mean the worship is not going to cost me anything? Praise God. Well, that's not going to work in this season. It's not going to work. You cannot offer what you haven't paid for with your own hands. Let me just go over to Matthew chapter 25. Is anyone hearing? Matthew 25. Hold on a minute. We would have been glad to offer what doesn't cost us anything. In Matthew 25, it says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. In other words, half of them were wise and half of them was foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. For our lamps are going out. You know, there's a shift that has come. I told you how we come in trying to ride off somebody else's anointing and trying to offer somebody else's oil and 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 and, and expect that they're going to give it to you if they ask you. But I'm here to tell you that it's coming a loud, resounding. No, I'm not going to give you my anointing. I'm not going to cause you to be disobedient and offer that which costs you nothing and offering someone else's anointing. That is a change because this season requires your best. God has always been looking for your best, but you have been giving him less than nothing and asking him for all kinds of things. Big ministries and big things, and, and, and you don't spend not one minute on your knees. Wow. You see, when it's easy, yeah. it cost David a lot, mistakes and things like that. But when it came to his son Solomon, he said, you're called to build a house. And incidentally, the house of God is built upon sacrifice. Yeah. It cost everything to build the house of the Lord. Mm. But when David... When he gave Solomon the responsibility to build the house of the Lord, the Bible said he prepared everything. And I tell you, that's not the way you go with your sons and daughters. Wow. 
And that's not what you should want. You will never learn how to trust God if you don't get on your own knees. That's why he sends you out and he says, don't take anything with you because you got to learn how to believe God. And there's very few in this season that can trust God and believe God and know how to worship him when it gets tight. Instead of the highest praise, the fruit of your lips giving thanks, you're complaining and murmuring and saying, why have thou forsaken me? And God is saying, no. He's going to cause you to be stretched in this season. And you're going to learn how to come into the presence of the Lord prepared. Where things are in order. We want God to receive. We want the fire to come down. And when the fire comes down, we want to get out of it. You better bind yourself to the altar. Because when the fire comes down, that is a... That God is wanting the whole sacrifice. Wow. Everything in your life. That's why I'm telling you that you can't hide anything. Yeah. Everything that, that belongs to him, you got to give to him. Yeah. A lot of you are struggling with, with, with trying to keep your life right. Young people, I know what it's like to going through and, 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 and you're being tempted with fornication. You're being tempted with all kinds of things, and, and instead of giving it to God, you're trying to figure it out and work it out yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to learn how to worship. Yeah. You, learn how, you need to learn not to hide anything when you're coming into the presence of God. We hide, and we make facades, and, and we are phonies, and you don't need to be. How many of you don't believe God knows everything about you? Just because he told Abraham, now I know. You don't think he didn't know? He knew everything. But he enjoyed walking in the footsteps with Abraham, abiding with Abraham, enjoying when Abraham doesn't even know if he's going to be obedient. And living through that. He enjoys it when you bring everything to him. I'm telling you, this is a season where both is going to be a no because he's preparing you for it to be that offering that's holy and acceptable, that's pleasing. And you see, we make it easy on you. Oh, my goodness, we apologize when, when we take you if the service is supposed to be an hour and 30 minutes, if we go an hour and 31 minutes, we apologize. and said, I don't mean to keep you this long. We ain't requiring anything of you, and you are not bringing anything that's worthy of the fire falling. Three or four people that's given their all, and everybody else is wondering, when is he going to be done preaching? So I can get home and watch two or three hours. Oh, you're praising God that you can get the whole seasons of TV shows now. So that you can spend all day Saturday watching. And we don't stretch you. you we make it easy on you. We want it comfortable. We don't want any fire to fall. Yet the fire is falling. And I was just silly as I could be. He was 
testing with fire. And I was trying to rescue them. And it never, they, I tell you, they'll never be strong. You'll never be strong unless you are stretched. You, it, you'll never be who you're called to be unless we allow you to be stretched. And so when you come and saying, oh, I, 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 I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to call you to worship. That's a call to worship. That's the highest call of worship that you didn't even know God was calling you to present yourself. He was calling you to offer your whole life, your fears, your unbelief, your rebel yourself. Offer everything. Don't hold anything back. When the offering is on the altar, it goes up in smoke. And everything that can burn is consumed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that which cannot be burned is preserved. Yeah. And that's when your life began to take on new meaning. You can try to separate the, that flesh from the spirit, but it takes the spirit of God to do that. Amen. And he comes down with fire, and he begins to burn among you. And, and that's when we want to we move. And you need to bind yourself. That's when I want to help you. That's when we want to let you out a little early. If you read too, much, too many scriptures, I apologize for reading all these scriptures. I don't want to bore you all with the word of God. We, 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 we want to make it so easy. It's easy. So you come in, you don't, nothing is required of you. And you never come to the place where it's provided for you to walk in the footsteps, to come into the fullness Many of you will never, ever hear God call a second time because you haven't fulfilled the first time and the first thing that he's called you to do. You haven't given what you love. You're holding back on yourself, and you want God to call to you a second time. And God is wanting you to walk this thing out. How do you know? I've never in 20 years seen anyone uh, die when they said we can't make it. <laughs> I've heard them say, I can't make it another day. And I said, oh, my goodness, why did they say that? <laughs> because when you say you can't make it another day, you got to make it at least one more day. <laughs> at least. Yeah. Because you are never going to say that you couldn't make it and God let that be true. I've never heard anybody that walked through, and you know there are people here. You look around, and you know what you have had to walk through, and you don't want, you want to save your children from walking through anything. You want to save the people next door to you. When every time God requires something, he provides. And when we come into this place where we can stretch, and I'm not talking about your money right now. You see, that's the only thing that we know that stretches us. But God is asking. He's asking for your life. The sweet aroma of you. You're good, the bad, the ugly. All of that, he wants it all. You see, I'm, I'm hearing you. You're saying, oh, no, you can't bring that to God. That couldn't be worship. But if he's taking it away, 
The only way you're going to get it to him, it has to come up through worship. And I'm not just talking about your songs. We'll say I've given it all, and you ain't given nothing. <laughs> you see, you're singing it. Oh, I give it all. And he asked you to step forward, and you're holding back. You don't want to move. You said, I can't because... I can't go on the mission trip because of my little baby. I can't go because of this. I can't go because of that. Church, if you step out, God is never, ever asking about what you have that's material to walk in faith. He's asking for your worship. And the highest worship is obedience. And when we enter into that place, we will see that God will meet us. In Mark chapter 9, verse 49, it says, For everyone will be seasoned with fire. Everyone. Not one of you will go around and skirt around. I don't care how you learn. I know you've been doing it in the last season, skirting around the fire. <laughs> you thought you had me, didn't you? <laughs> I leave the church if it gets too hot. I'm this, this church, this church is not worthy of me. The fire is falling, and, and it's not like you thought that was fire yeah, was yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah. It's to consume you. Yeah. It's to change you. Yeah. It's to perfect you. Yeah. It's to cause you to know what's in you. Yeah. Now, God knew what was in Abraham, but Abraham didn't know. Yeah. And I'm telling you that when he began to walk with God, I tell you that even Abraham, was caught in certain predicaments that he began to lie. He just, I mean, just lying. And lying is a sin. Just go over and leave Leviticus and you'll see. And he's lining up a storm. And because and, and, when heat gets on you, you, it brings out a lot of the impurities. And I've had to watch people squirm. And I won't help them. Because if I help them, they'll never grow strong. If you prepare everything for them, they'll never. I'm I'm concerned that there's a generation that don't know how to believe God. There's a generation that don't know how to spend any time with God. And they call that old time and old it, it, that's the old school. You don't have to do all of that. I can go on Facebook and I can get a word. I can get a word and, 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 and I, can, I can post that word. It doesn't take all of that. What is he talking about? What is he talking about? It's going to cost me everything. I just go on Facebook and I get a good word. Oh, praise the Lord. You don't know that a good word, when it gets into your heart, it's going to test you. 
is going to test you. The, 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 the word that you think is just a good word. If you start to step out, that's why we don't step out on it, huh? You got words that you just got hidden. And every once in a while you pull it out and you read it and you won't allow that word to test you. See, Abraham didn't know he was being tested. We are reading it, and we, we see that it said God tested him. But many of you are in a test, and you don't even know it. And you don't know how to walk it out. You don't know how to go the last. I mean, just keep walking. Don't stop. God says that we're coming into this season. And I want you to look at your neighbor now. And if anyone asks you for oil, I want you to tell them no. No. Go get your own. You are not going to piggyback off of my anointing anymore. You're not going to do that. It's going to cost you something. You're not going to offer anything that belongs to somebody else to God. God is looking for your personal worship. He's looking for you to spend some time with him. He's calling you, and you can get tired, but that's not enough. I'm weary, worn out. God will go take you deeper than that. It's going to cost you your life. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for every part of you. Don't try to hold on to those things. Could I say it again? Let it go. Offer it to God. I had to learn. The reason why I know when I first started, I, I, I left my job to go into ministry. Dancing just like I, oh, praise the Lord. Didn't know what it was going to cost. That's why I'm telling you, before you take a step, lay everything down. Yeah. Lose everything. Just count it all as gone. And I, I began to look at my wife's, in my wife's eyes and my two little children. And fear came on me after I quit my job. It didn't come. I had the boldness until... The devil said, you know what you just did? How are you going to feed your family? And you know what I, I, I did? The Spirit of God drew me. And in, in that season, I used to go in a, a real closet. Prayer closet, I used to go in the closet. And I would go in, and I wasn't asking God to meet my needs or, or, or give me some money. The Holy Spirit prompted me to ask God to take away the fear. Take away the fear. And I said, God, take away the fear. Take away the fear. And I offered it up to him. I said, God, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Take away the fear. And then he took away the fear. Nothing had changed. But I wasn't afraid anymore. And so I went on. And I was able to take several more steps. And then I got afraid again. And I had to come back and say, God, take away the fear. Yeah. Yeah. 
take it away. I'm giving it to you. And that's when I came uh, with the understanding that you have to give God these things. You have to give it to him. He's willing to take it. And every time, if you're struggling with fornication, give it to God. And if you have to come back again, give it to God. And if you have to come back and give it to God. Because God said, that belongs to me. I took that sin upon myself. I took the punishment for it. So that you don't have to bear it. And so we have to learn how to bring these things to God. I don't care if your sickness, it's just a call to worship. Bring it to him. I don't care how many times you have to bring it to him. There's nothing happened. Well, you're not walking by sight. You're not looking at things outward. You say, I'm bringing it again. In the name of Jesus, take it away. Whatever you're going through, if you're struggling in your marriage, you're just fighting among yourself, let it be a time of offering. Let, let your marriage become a whole burnt offering. And lift it up to God. And God will receive it. And he will take it. And so he's stretching us. And he's calling us higher. And every last one of you, he's calling you for personal worship. He's calling you to cut the wood yourself. He's calling you to build the altar yourself. And he's saying, if I ask for that which you love, bring it to me in a hurry. Get up early. Don't, don't. Don't wait. Whatever he's asking, you know the thing you love, the thing that you're holding back, the thing that you don't want him to take, bring it to him early. And if he asks for you, bind yourself to the altar. Stop running around. Stop hiding. And offer yourself. Not just your song, but your whole life. Holding nothing back. You know what your best is? Your all. Everything that you have, we have just been giving him just what's left over. You know, your time, you've given it to the job 60, 70 hours. You know, the ministry costs you too. You, you're dealing with the people and you've lost your time of worship. And you don't forgot that it, that he will wake you up early in the morning. Some of you right now, you're saying you got insomnia. You can't sleep. And it's a call to worship. It's a call to worship. Pastor, please lay your hands on me so I can sleep all night long. Please, you, you just lay your hands on me so I can sleep all night long. When this is a house of prayer for all nations. When, when, when they're telling you, you say, well, they must be talking about somebody else. <laughs> oh, pastors, they all pray. Let me just piggyback off of what they say. I'm going to get in off of their coattail. I know he's a praying man. He prophesies and all of that. I'm going to just ride on that. I, 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 I don't even spend any time allowing the word to work in me. You know, what did he preach last week? It was good. Oh, it was good. But I haven't spent any time. You know, when I get a word, you know what? I don't spend any time asking God to bring it to pass. No time. I go and I leave this place and I forget 
that it costs you something to see God move in your life. Young people, this generation that's coming up, I want you to learn how to pray. I want you to learn how to wait on God. I want you to learn how to give him your all. And I want you to do, go on and be greater than what we did. I want you to know that if you're asking for all that God has for you, you got to give him all of you. And so as we, as I close, I want to stretch you. I don't want you to leave this place. And you don't know what it costs for you to walk with this God. Oh, I know in seasons he's just let it go and winked at you doing all of your foolishness. And, and you thought you were giving him all. I, I, oh, I prayed for an hour. Oh, God, the sacrifice. And you spent eight hours trying to satisfy your flesh. And that's not bad enough. You're trying to get God to satisfy your flesh. And I tell you by the Spirit that he will never satisfy your flesh. He will never give you. If you're praying to him out of the fleshly lust, he's never going to answer it. Never. I give you that by the word of the Lord. He will never satisfy your fleshly longings. And the only way you can separate it is if you offer your whole life. And you say, I'm done with this. I'm done with hiding. I'm done with putting things on the back burner. Putting it off to the next day. Early in the morning, I'm going to get up. And I'm going to start giving my all. And I'm going to start pouring out my life. And I know that fire is going to come, but that's pleasing to God. If it gets uncomfortable, I'm going to stay right there. I'm going to give him everything. And I'm going to finish strong. And if you do that, we're not worried about anything else. It's not what you, you, you don't, when you give God your all, everything looks different. Yeah. Everything looks different. Because you are thankful for what he's done. We haven't received what he really cares about. We are in the secondary things. We are just thinking about what we don't have to eat. Again, he was wanting to give us all things. But we can't receive it because there's so much that we are holding on to. And Jesus is asking us to come and worship. Not like you've been worshiping. Build your own altar. Come into this place contributing something personal that you've heard God say. Coming to this place, not looking to receive something, but to give something. Just think how powerful. This church is powerful. And it's just half of you contributing something. And the rest are riding on the coattail. Half of you have no oil at all. And you come in and, and you get some oil from here and then you go out and you run out and you come back and we haven't been wise enough to say no to you. 
We make you think you're powerful prophets because you're operating under the prophetic mantle of this house. Haven't prayed at all and prophesying and wanting someone to place you in the office of a prophet. That day is over. Oh, praise the Lord. Oh, let's worship God now with our whole heart. Let's just spend a time of worship where we offer our whole life. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Jesus. Everything, everything that you've been holding back, I'm talking about the things that you're ashamed of, the things that you're proud of. We're bringing it to the Lord today. It's going to cost you everything. I'm bringing it my life. Oh God, I love you. I love you. I love you. I'm an anointed priest. Give it to him. Give it to him right now. Give it to him. Your life. In the name of Jesus. That thing that you're worried, you're worried about. The thing that you're worried about. Bring it as a burnt offering. Bring it to the Lord right now. I've asked the Lord... To cause this whole place, every last one of us, to become a burnt offering. Holy, holy to God. In the name of Jesus. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. My whole life is arising like smoke. An offering made by fire. That's pleasing. Everything. Jesus. I'm giving it to you. My burdens. In the name of Jesus. My desires, my lusts. I'm giving it all as worship. I can't hide no more. Lord, I'm coming. I'm giving my all. Jesus. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. A sweet-smelling aroma. Everything. Oh, Jesus. Everything. Jesus. My back pain, my headaches, as a whole burnt offering. That blood disease, my depression, my oppression, my fears, everything. I'm withholding nothing. I'm struggling. What you're struggling with. 
This is the time to let it go. In the name of Jesus. Everything. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. The fire is in this place. Ready to receive the whole burnt offering. All that you are. In the name of Jesus. Offer it up. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Everything. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's taking everything. Your laziness. Taking it. In the name of Jesus. Whatever you want to give him now. Just just give it. Offer it. Offer it. You know what it is. Give it up. Thank you, Jesus. All your mistakes, every last one of your mistakes, let's offer it up. Offer it up. I want to say something. I want to repent before all of you tonight. And let me tell you what I'm repenting for. Pastor Daniel tonight kept saying over and over and over again, bind yourself to the altar. But I want to tweak that slightly. Because Isaac didn't bind himself to the altar. Abraham bound him there. And the whole time Pastor Daniels was speaking, what the Lord was speaking to me is, you have refused to bind your sons to the altar. You've been so afraid of hurting them, of taking something from them, of 
demanding something of them that they've been afraid that they would be afraid to give that you've refused to bind them to the altar the lord showed me that over and over again over the last several years the greatest breakthrough has come through mine and sonny's life through our life through our family as pastor daniels has bound me to the altar over and over and over again over and over and over again he's bound me to the altar he called me one day said pastor benjamin when you go to korea this is in 2010 pastor christian's going to ask you to be his spiritual father and you're going to say yes i didn't want to say yes how can i do that i'm 30 at that time what 33 32 years old how am i supposed to be somebody's spiritual father he said no you're going to say yes he bound me to the altar he called me another time and said the lord says you're going to give up your salary and you're going to live on the love offering. But what if the people don't give? No, you're going to live on it. He bound me to the altar. And do you know that more than once my wife and I went to him and asked him to release us from that? And he wouldn't let us off that altar? And do you know what? Today I asked him to release me from that again. And he said no. You know why? Because he knows that we want off that altar because it's hot. And he bound me to the altar. He called me one day and said, you're going to take the ark. You're going to be the pastor of the ark. You're going to cover that house. I said, Bishop, how am I going to do that? I'm already doing my PhD. I'm leading this church, leading Living Hope. How am I going to lead the ark too? He says, you're going to do it. He bound me to the altar again and again and again. He's bound me to the altar and not let me off. Not allowed me to get off of it. You know why? Because he knew that the breakthrough was coming through the altar. At the other side of the altar, because Abraham would not allow Isaac off of the altar, because he lifted his hand to fulfill the word of the Lord, to complete the command of God, God spoke to him and said, Do not lift a finger to harm the boy, for in blessing I will bless you, and in multiplying I will multiply you, and I will make your descendants like the dust of the earth, because you did not withhold from me your only son. Because you didn't withhold from me the thing that you didn't want to give me, but you gave it anyway. Because you are willing to give it to me, now I'm going to bless you. And you know what the Lord was convicting my heart? I haven't been willing to bind you to the altar. I've been working hard to try to make this thing palatable to you. And I'm constantly asking myself, how do I make it more palatable so that they like the taste of it? So that they come back because they like it and make it easy. How do we make it easier so people don't feel burdened? How do we give them the wood for the sacrifice and the sacrifice to lay on the wood so it doesn't cost them anything how do we make it easy how do we abraham did not lead isaac to that mountain with a trail of ice cream cones here here you go let's go to the altar come on here's another ice cream here you go he took a knife and he took wood and he took rope and let me tell you something i've got the rope marks that this man has bound me to the altar again and again and again and again. And I'm here to testify that after having been bound to the altar again and again and again for the last four or five years, five, six years, I'm here to tell you that at every single place where I was bound to the altar, the blessing of the Lord broke out on the other side of it. A blessing that I would not have had 
had I not been bound to that altar. And had he let me off that altar, I wouldn't have had it. And the Lord convicted my heart that I've robbed you of your blessing by not binding you to the altar. I've robbed you of your blessing. And so I'm repenting before you today. I'm repenting before you today that I've loved your view of me more than I've loved your destiny. I've loved what you've thought of me, you thinking of me as a nice pastor, more than I've loved your destiny. But you know what? From this day on, I love your destiny. I love your destiny. I love your future. I love what God has for you. And you know what? You can be mad at me. I can handle that. From now on, I'll get my acceptance from heaven. I'm going to do what I have to do to make sure you get your destiny. I'm going to do it. From now on, I vow before the Lord. I'm not letting you off the hook anymore. I vow before the Lord. I'm not letting you off the hook anymore. I'm not going to allow it. Not for another day. I'm not going to be afraid that I'm being hard on you. And you know what? I'll never be, I'll never be harsh. Let me just take away any fear. I will never be angry with you. That is my commitment as well. It will never be, if I correct you, it will never be out of frustration. It will never be out of anger. It will always be out of love. And that's the inheritance that I've received from my spiritual father because he's rebuked me hard. But it has always been the most loving words that I've ever received. And so I, res- I have that as my inheritance. That is what has been modeled for me. That's what's been given to me. And you know what? Some of you are just waiting. Some of you have just been waiting for this. Some of you have just been waiting to be bound to the altar. Knowing you can't bound, bind yourself. Waiting for somebody to bind you. Waiting to be bound. Waiting. You've just been waiting to be brought under command. I'm saying the time is now. So the rest of you, get yourselves ready. I'm tempted to say, you might want to start looking for another church now if, <laughs> if that doesn't appeal to you. You know what I realized? You know when I started backing off of this? I, I was reminded back in 2006, 2007, I was preaching heavy on giving your all to God. I was preaching Dietrich Bonhoeffer. When Jesus calls a man, he bids him come and die. I was preaching that stuff. And a young man left the church, and I hadn't seen him in a while, and I ran into him after a few, several months. I said, where have you been? He said, oh, well, I, I decided I needed something else. I said, well, why'd you leave? He said, well, honestly, you were preaching all this stuff about dying and giving up everything for Jesus, and that just doesn't appeal to me. And, you know, I was moved by that. I was afraid. Looking back, there was a little fear that pierced my heart that moment. Maybe I'm driving people away with all this stuff. But there's a recovery now. Everything that God has done in my life, he's done through sacrifice. He's done through my being bound to an altar. If it's good enough for me, it's good enough for you. You just got to know that whatever you walk through, whatever hardship, it's not to break you, it's to bless you. It's not to destroy you. And then I'll I'll end with this, this last thing. And I'm not going to apologize for keeping you late either. I got that word. I realize Thursday thunders, we always end by nine. Always, because I'm afraid, you know. He's, he's rebuking the, the heck out of me this whole sermon. You knew that, right? We're, you know, when he says we're apologetic, he's talking about me. <laughs> I 
you know, we're always trying to get you out of here. No, 9 o'clock, I'm telling the speakers, we got to be out by 9. Oh, Lord. You know what the Lord reminded me? Let me tell you this story real quick. Okay, I, my wife doesn't know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, the Lord taught me over the last several weeks. He said, trust your wife. This is what the Lord has been teaching over the last several months. The word of the Lord has been, trust your wife. Trust her in your heart. I mean, trust her in your heart. And even if something sounds rejecting to you, just in your heart say it's not a rejection. Even if you don't understand it, just trust it. Just trust it with your heart. And um, so it was my brother's birthday last Monday. And so she texted me and said, how much do you want to give your brother for his birthday? And I wrote back, $100. She wrote me back and said, how about 75 And for a split second, split second, a split second, the thought crossed my head. We just had your nephew's birthday, and we gave him $100. And we gave your, you know, we, we would always give your brother this, you know, if it was your brother, your nephew, you'd say give $100. A split second, that thought came through my head, and I stopped myself, and I said, that's foolishness. That's foolishness. That's why I said, no, 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 no. Number one, my wife doesn't think that way. Do I really think my wife thinks less of my brother than her? No, 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 that's wrong. No, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's a lie. I just said, Lord, that's foolishness. That's my old way of thinking. I'm not even going to entertain that for a second. My wife loves my family just as much as her family. She doesn't think any different. This is a skewed way of thinking. It's probably not even historically accurate anyway. So I just reject. I said, thank you. I said, you know what? I'm going to be grateful. My wife wants to give my brother $75. I wrote back and said, great, thank you so much. And really at that moment, after that split second, I judged that. I was grateful in my heart. I was so grateful for that. I was grateful. I was thankful. So we go out to dinner, and afterwards, my wife says, let's all go out to watch a movie at Hacienda. And so everybody said, yeah. And so we go out there. Now watch this. In my head, I'm thinking, oh, man, I want to go home. So we get out there, and the movie's not for another hour. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to take Alethea home. And my wife said, okay, then I'll stay. And I said, oh, you're going to watch the movie without me? And she smiled. And the moment she smiled, I looked in her eyes. You know what I realized? My, my stupid eyes were open. It wasn't about the movie. She loved my brother. And she knew that we needed to be there for my brother that moment. She wanted us to be there for my, my wife, who I had that split second where I thought, she stupid, right? She's the one. She's the one who loves my brother at this moment more than I do. She's the one who's concerned for my brother more than me. Watch this. It gets better. It gets better. It gets better. So my parents kind of saw this go down, and now I'm thinking, i got to get back in this game. So my parents come over, and they go, we'll take Alethea to your house, and we'll put her to bed. You stay. I said, okay, thank God. I'll stay. Whew. So my brother goes, let's go to ice cream. So we go to the ice cream place, and everybody gets their ice cream. My, my wife comes and grabs my arm. Benjamin, you pay. You pay. Okay, great. Yes, I'm paying. I'm paying. And I paid for everybody's ice cream, like $25, right? Okay, watch this. Then we go to the movie theater. And all the tickets, and my wife grabs me and says, Benjamin, you pay. You pay. It's like $90 for all of those tickets. I was like, yes. My wife, that was her idea. Wait a minute. What, that blue, we never did that for her nephews. We never did that for her brothers. We never, this is more than we've done for her family. 
this is more. And at the end of it, I thought, I almost messed this up because I thought she was trying to rob my brother of $25. I almost messed this $100 blessing up because I was afraid of losing a $25 blessing. Trusting her heart. Listen, the word of the Lord to you tonight is you got to trust God's heart. Because whatever he's asking you for is a $25 blessing. Abraham, give up your one son. And afterwards he says, I'm going to make your sons like the sands of the sea, like the dust of the ground. But you got to be willing to give up this one. Whatever the Lord put, you got to think, you got to trust God in your heart like that. Because as soon as God puts his finger on something, says, give this to me. I start thinking, wait a minute. You never asked somebody else for that. How come you asking me, well, why I got to give that up? Well, how am I? No, that's not right. Well, what? As soon as I start thinking that way, I'm not trusting God in my heart. I think he wants my $25. You got to stop and say, no, that's foolishness. There's no way God wants to destroy me. There's no way he wants to use me up and spit me out. We're so afraid, and especially in the ministry. We're so afraid that if we serve God in the ministry, we're going to get spit up and chewed out and left with nothing. And I've had people tell me that. Well, I don't want to be a pastor. How, why not? Because all I've seen is people get chewed up and spit out and left with nothing. And that's not going to happen to me. And I tell them, look at me. I've been a pastor for 10 years and I have yet to get chewed up, spit out, and left with nothing. He just keeps blessing me. He keeps blessing. The more I serve him, the more he blesses me. So don't tell me that's all you've seen because you're looking at a different paradigm right here. You're looking at a different paradigm right here. You got to think differently. God doesn't want your $25, He wants to give you the nations. But you're holding on to that peanut. That little soggy peanut that's turned to peanut butter in your hand. And you're holding on to it and God says, give it to me. Give me what's in your hand. Let it go. I took a walk with one of the young guys this morning. One of the guys, he's not that young, but he's a young man. Younger than me. Because I'm a young man too. And he said, you know, I struggle because I feel like sometimes... I go through emotional ups and downs, and I feel like I'm not qualified to serve the Lord when I'm in that place. And he said, how do you deal with that? I said, I separate my calling from my emotions. Because I've been through some emotional lows over the last 10 years as the pastor of Living Hope, but I still got to show up to preach. But you know what? Let me say this. In most churches, the pastor is the only one who knows he's called. Everyone else is helping Everyone else, I'll help out. I'll volunteer a little here and there. The pastor's not a volunteer. He's called. You know what? The fact of the matter is, everyone in the house is called. It's just the only, the pastor might be the only one who thinks he's called. Some of you are called to be ushers and greeters. You got to see it as a calling rather than as a volunteer thing that you do. A little help. God don't need your help. He wants your life. Well, I'll help God out. No, he never needed anybody to help him out, to assist him with some little things here and there. He wants your life. He wants your life. He wants your life. And that's what he's asking for. You got to trust him. Lift your hands to the Lord.
Father, I thank you that the word of the Lord has settled in over each and every heart, each and every mind. And I say there will be obedience in this house. We will be obedient to the word of the Lord. And we will not hesitate. And we will not be afraid. The company of the called is rising up in this house. The called. The called. The called. The called. The called. I've gone through so many seasons as pastor of this church where I didn't like it. I didn't like what was happening, but I can't change it. I'm called. I can't quit. I'm called. I'm called. I'm called. And you are called. You're called. When God called Abraham, it says he tested him and said, Abraham. And he said, here I am. God is calling you tonight. He's calling your name. And now it's time to get busy. It's time to get serious about giving God what he's asking for. I speak blessing over you tonight. Strength and encouragement. Life and peace. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.